Well, tonight we are honored to host Mike Harris, candidate for Petaluma Mayor and current Petaluma City Councilman. Yes, we are. He challenges Mayor David Glass, who we hosted on a previous episode of the program. As we did with the Glass interview, we will be setting politics aside tonight and instead focusing on Mike Harris the person, his biography, personal philosophies, family, passions, interests, his relationship with Petaluma, and more. We want to find out who Mike is. Well, thank you for having yeah. me on. I do oh, appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming. So we say welcome, Mike. Thank you very much. I appreciate the invite. So we'll start it off with the same question we asked David Glass, and it comes from Tom. Yeah. Uh, you know, the one thing I've noticed uh, about being uh, not only just a mayor, but being a city council member in city in Petaluma, many hours, I think. I, I look at the number of things you go over at every meeting. Uh, they're now starting in the afternoon. They're going late at night. I think the prep work that happens with these things, I'm thinking that the hours required to be a meaningful and strong city council member or mayor in Petaluma has got to be somewhere in the 40 hours a week range. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on that, but it seems like a lot of work. And I want to know what is it that brings a person to it? Mm-hmm. What is it that makes you want to be the mayor? Because it's a lot of work. And there are a lot of people who love you for it, but at the same time nowadays, there's a lot of people dogging our, our mayor and our city council and uh, I can't imagine why a person would want to put themselves through it nowadays, and even not just on a local level, on a national level. So what what is it in your head? Absolutely. No, I, I absolutely enjoy what I do. I've been on the city council now for 12 years. And uh, in order to do the job correctly, you, you should meet with the opponents and proponents of every issue. And I, I like to do that. And it does take a lot of time in order to do that. Um, and on top of that, like you just explained, there are a lot of committee assignments that you're on. And you get invited to a lot of events in town. Yeah. That, that's what makes it fun because you get invited to all those events. But back, you, you like those events. Oh, I definitely do. I definitely do. I definitely do. Because that's the essence of Petaluma, yeah. of all the things that are involved in town, all of the nonprofits that you get invited to. And it's just Petaluma. How long have you lived in Petaluma? 20 years. 20. September of 1994. Okay. So you have a choice in, in your life to not live in Petaluma for 20 years. What do you think has kept you here? Uh, a lot. I mean, the, the excitement of what's happening in our town, um, the revitalization of our downtown was a big piece. I know I was on the city council when that happened, but there was a lot of things that happened before me that gave rise to that. There was a group of people that created the central Petaluma specific plan that gave rise to that. They came together, and I was fortunate to be on the city council back in 2003 when we approved it. And then from there, uh, the theater district happened. So it's great to be able to reflect back on that, and that becomes the essence of Petaluma, our downtown core. And there's a lot of more great things that can happen in the downtown core, which I'm sure we can get to and discuss. So from the start to even now, this is still exciting you and, and, and engaging you. It, it is. There's so many things that, you know, there's headline stuff that, you know, pe- things happen and people see and they ask you about the four commercially known issues in town. But the reality is there's a lot of things below the surface that happen that kind of keep you going. One of my favorite stories one time years ago is this older lady calls me and I still to this day don't know why she picked me out of the seven. I'm saying the six council members and the mayor. She probably just knew me from through 
through another person calls me and she had an issue with her business license and she actually happened to have her business in the city of Sonoma but she lived in Petaluma and there were some there were some back issues in terms of our uh, business license fees and she got a she actually got a bill for four years worth and she called me and said she was on a fixed income and, and couldn't pay for it and on top of that we, we went and did the analysis and noticed that her business is actually in the city of Sonoma she shouldn't be charged then from there she thanked me and she can go to sleep and so those are the things that can keep you going just the little things that are below the radar no one sees but it yeah. keeps you going because you can help people through the bureaucratic maze um, and, and it's and I enjoy that Petaluma as big as it is still has quite a bit of Hooterville to it I mm-hmm. think and uh, that's one of the things that's kept me here for such a long oh, time. Absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I mean, you'll be downtown, you'll be at the grocery store, and people stop you. I tell people all the time, you know, congressmen, they're in D.C., and you never see them. Your assemblymen, they're in Sacramento, you, you never see them. Here, when you make a decision, you're on the same roads, you're at the grocery store with everyone, they see it, they stop you at the grocery store, you have to articulate things and look them right in the eye and say why you voted a certain way, because you're driving on the same streets and you're going to the same stores. That's interesting. Uh, your answer is kind of why a lot of people would say maybe they get into the nonprofit sector. I mean, the little things helping people and all of that. The nonprofits get a lot of praise and adulation for it, whereas it seems like the city officials sometimes are kind of there's there's more flogging that happens sure. and that's i guess what motivates tom's question right initially. and that's and that's the nature of being in politics because people don't really know us personally all the time but they know the people in the nonprofit sector you have boards of directors that are there and they're involved they're involved with the rotary and get involved and know the people out there you have these big events where six seven hundred people are there one of my favorite stories are the cots breakfast that happens every year that i think everyone in the, in the community goes yeah. to 700 people at the vets hall i remember t- talking to the former executive director John Records, who we all know and love, who yeah, created that. I said, John, can you imagine what you have here? You have 700 people here at 7 a.m. Yes. in their seats, and they know they're going to be asked for money. And so that just shows you the the essence of Petaluma, but yeah. also the nonprofits that are involved here from PEP and PPSC and MentorMe and all of those, and just make the essence of Petaluma. And that's 700 people. That's not a free breakfast, as I recall. No, it's not. <laughs> it's and not. they all write yeah. checks, and they're they being do. asked for money, and they know. Yes, they are. You were the vice mayor of Petaluma in 2005. I was. So my question is, how does one get that position, and what does that job entail? Um, so the big thing and difference in Petaluma as compared to the rest of the county, the other eight cities, is all of the, Petaluma is the only city that has a directly elected mayor. All of the other cities actually have what you call a rotational mayor. Mayor. So once you get on the city council, at some point in your career, you become mayor. Uh, they're all one-year terms, except for, I think, Santa Rosa, which is a two-year term as mayor. So then in Petaluma, we rotate, actually, the position of vice mayor. So the mayor is directly elected, and the vice mayor is rotated every single year. So I was elected in 2002 took office in January of 2003, and based on um, if you haven't held the position before and there's a rotation, I became vice mayor in 2005. Okay. And so in the position, you just, you're just you there instead of uh, the mayor when he can't go to something or run the meeting when they have to recuse themselves or they're absent. I think uh, when I was vice mayor, I got to run one meeting. It was a landscape assessment district, pretty low-key. Uh, <laughs> so I have the experience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is interesting. So you say like a landscape assessment thing. I mean, sure. that's, that's most people hear that and be like, well, that's kind of like a minor kind of whatever thing. But 
that is what government is. I mean, it's all the yeah. little things that make mm-hmm. up a society and a community Absolutely. and all yeah. that. Absolutely. And, and that's the beauty of local politics and why I personally like local politics, because you can actually, this is where you can get stuff done. I mean, I know the, again, again, the congressmen and the assemblymen, they do very important work. But here in the city council and potentially mayor, you're dealing with police and, and fire and, and potholes and making Waste sure the water's water. turned yeah. on, your, tra- your trash is picked up, traffic circulation in town, that type of thing. So yeah. it's down to the individual block. It is. It touches people on an everyday level. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I've been speaking to a lot of the schools in town from high school to junior high and even some of the elementary. And I always ask the question, especially the younger ones, it's fun to do this. I say, okay, everyone raise your hand. And this isn't a trick question. How many people know who the president of the United States is? And everyone raises their hands. And then you kind of, you go to your um, governor and you start really going downhill and then senator. And then I say, how many people know who your council members are? And they go, um, you? And they can't name them, unfortunately. And then I just kind of go in. That's why it's important to get involved with local politics and know your yeah. council members, know your mayor, because these are the people who affect your daily life, your your traffic flow through town, like I was yeah. saying, and picking up your trash and those types of things. So yeah. you really want to engage them yeah. and get them involved. Much of your career in biography does center around public life. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been involved in politics for how long? 12 years now. I've been on the city council. I was elected in 2002. Okay. Been reelected in 2006 and once more on, in 2010. Okay. So like when we say no politics, we don't mean not discussing the jobs you've held because I think it'd be impossible to talk about your life and who you are without talking about, mm-hmm. you know, those accomplishments that you've done. So you, you've sat on, uh, you mentioned earlier, uh, like boards and committees. And as you look at the list, it's on your website. I mean, there's like there's pedestrian and bicycle, there's a library, there's animal services, mm-hmm. you know, I, maybe we could give out there for people who don't know. Cause I, I mean, even though it is sort of a dry subject, sure. I, I think there's a lot of people who don't really know, like what do those committees do? Absolutely. You know, and I'll just say, this is one of my favorite commissions that I ever served on was the airport commission yeah. um, because I knew the least amount about it. And it was my freshman year as a council member in 2003. Did it get you a flight uh, out of the airport? <laughs> no, I didn't oh. want to do that. I'm scared to fly. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I deal with it, though. Um, so you learned that uh, it, it's an enterprise fund, so it pays for itself. It doesn't draw any money from the city coffers. So it pays for itself based on ta- tie-down fees and leases and people coming in there and paying for things. So it's, it was very interesting to learn about the airport, the airport commission, what it does, and just the business it brings to town and the tax revenues it brings to town. There's a lot of exciting things that they want to do out there, too. Michael, how, how many committees would a, a council member find himself sitting on at one uh, during one term? They tend to be on two. Right okay. now, I'm on two myself. I'm on the Sonoma County Transportation Authority. Yeah, which is a big one. It is. And on top of that, the Technology Advisory Committee as well. So we just had a meeting last night at the Technology Advisory Committee. And then, of course, the Sonoma County Transportation Authority deals with regional issues. Yeah. Now, and do those meetings meet once a month? Once a month, yeah. Okay. SCTA is once a month and Tech is once a month. Um, the only one that meets more than once a month, if I remember correctly, is the Youth Commission. And they meet yeah. twice a month, um, except during the summer, they, they go dark during the summer. So yeah. it kind of works out. So, I mean, are you able to affect change in these things? Obviously, you're, you're a vote amidst a bunch of people and issues come up and all that. I mean, have there been any significant things in the 12 years that you voted on and you've thought, okay, things are going to be different now. And mm-hmm. I was a part of something that is going to change a course. Yeah, sure. Wh- whether 
went your way or whether it went the other sure, way. Sure, yeah. absolutely. I mean, there's kind of two questions there. First, the question is, can you make change on these committees and commissions? And that's where the rubber meets the road. That's where uh, projects come before these bodies. The first time you shape them during those discussions, uh, during the commissions and, and uh, of course, the committees. When it gets to the city council, of course, they're the ultimate deciding body. The planning commission is the recommending body as well. But the city council ultimately recommends, and they were, of course, voted on by the people of Petaluma when we make those decisions. Um, some of the things that I'm proud of, of course, like I referred to earlier, is the theater district and giving rise to the downtown core, you know, Basin Street. They brought a $100 million cash infusion into town. That was incredible. I'm very proud that we brought forward Freedmen's in town. That's going to bring much-needed tax revenue to Good town. Good to have them back. Yeah, absolutely. It came full circle. One of the things I, I learned during that process was they all those years that they weren't in Petaluma, they never let their Chamber of Commerce membership lapse. For, so they've been in <laughs> one of the longest-standing members of the Chamber of Commerce for about 60 years or so. Even been in Petaluma they, business forever. Exactly. Wow. So Absolutely. So those are some of the great things that have happened, and there's some other things that are on the horizon that I'm very excited about, too. So where did you grow up? I, I grew up in Placerville, so I was actually born in Santa Rosa um, until I was about one, and then I moved to Woodland, and then I was there until about six, and then we moved to Placerville, and then uh, from the time I was seven until 17, so my formidable years growing up childhood, I grew up in Placerville, and that's just in the foothills outside Sacramento, for those that don't know. Um, oh, it's a beautiful town. Oh, it's definitely beautiful. Um, I always tell people we were a town of 7,000 people, but we had a high school of 2,000 kids. And they're like, how is that possible? It's because we were the last high school until it got to the Nevada border, so all the kids had to be bussed in. So we were actually a big high school, yeah. and we had good sports teams and everything, so it was pretty exciting. But we were only a town of 7,000, yeah. so it was very interesting. Why were you born in Santa Rosa, then move away before turning one? Absolutely. Um, so my, a lot of my family um, started. My mom went to Piner High School in Santa Rosa, and my her, her brothers, um, so I I was born in uh, in Santa Rosa. So then, um, my my mom and dad they got uh, they were seventeen and nineteen when they had me, and they actually divorced when I was very young, uh, about one. Um, so I didn't meet my dad actually until I was about seventeen. So of course when I was one and born, but I didn't never I never saw him after that. So I moved away. My mom uh, was working in Woodland, and there was an opportunity to move to Placerville and open up a, um, a franchise up there. And she was dating someone at the time, so they moved up to, to Placerville and made the life up there. And I was up there for those ten years, and I then you. I was getting ready to go to college. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about either UCSB or San Francisco State or something like that. And then the, the, uh, the summer between my senior year in high school and freshman year in college, uh, my mom said, you know what, your dad's over in uh, Santa Rosa. Do you want to meet him? And I was like, huh, well, you know, yes, I'd love to. So we made a little trek out here to Santa Rosa. I met him. And then over that summertime, we chatted a few more times and somehow he convinced me um, to move out here and go to Sonoma State. Sonoma State. And, and this is when you could probably tr in three days transfer. Now it would be impossible to transfer that quickly. But we did it in about three days um, to, to transfer over to Sonoma State. Beautiful. And it was the best decision I ever made. Yeah, that's a great school. Um, and uh, going to Sonoma State, but just coming yeah. back to the area, we could talk about Sonoma State. Uh, but uh, that's what brought me back because I'd never met my dad until then and then uh, until I was 17. And a lot of people don't know that about me but uh now we've you know gotten to have a good relationship yeah. over the years and uh um i had an event last week and everything but he came to the event so it was great to have him. so you have a good relationship with him absolutely now. yeah was it tough meeting him for the first time 
It was interesting because I was I was seventeen. It, you know, I, I yeah. you don't know how to articulate your feelings or uh-huh. thoughts at that time. It's just kind of yeah. flowing through you and a little bit of angst. I, yeah, you don't yeah. know what to do, and uh, you meet them, and then you're going off to college, which is another big stressor in your life. And you know, I never lived away from home and <laughs> moving yeah. away to college, and you had all those transitions, wow. and it was an amazing transition. I'm glad I did it. Uh, jumped right in, two feet right in when I was seventeen years old. I didn't even turn eighteen until November of my freshman year. Wow, you came in as a 17 year old yeah but it was through meeting him the chain reaction that ultimately led you to move to sonoma county as opposed to what you were going to do absolutely that so was that, the, that's that. obviously it went okay it I went mean, it went great like that yeah. was a you know one of those moments in my life that uh, really was a big change and i didn't know what i was changing for and i made the best decision in my life oh. at that point to come here come back to Sonoma County, got a great education at Sonoma State University. It was the perfect type of school for me in terms of how big it was and met a lot of lifetime uh, lifetime friends there that I still keep in contact with, even work with. Um, and I'm just uh, thankful that uh, I made that decision. You majored in management, mm-hmm. uh, accounting, yes, and you had a minor in economics. Yes. Was that something you had an interest in? Absolutely. Um, I thought I was going to be an accountant. Um, that's I always enjoyed that, you know, just numbers. And I was always the type of student that was uh, doing independent math. And I didn't find out till later, like I just said, until I was 17 and met my dad. He actually majored in math in college. Now, who majors in math? Yeah. <laughs> right. So somehow it was in my genes, but I didn't know it. And I remember yeah. I was in independent math up until my freshman year in high school. Yeah. And uh, so that was just kind of interesting. So I gravitated towards some that field in general. I thought I'd open up my own business or something. I didn't know what it would be when I'm, you know, in college. Yeah. So I was, oh, management and accounting. You have to know the numbers. So went to accounting, thinking I was going to be an accountant. Um, and then uh, my senior year in college, I was doing an internship in accounting, and I'd finished it, got my units. And uh, one of my friends said, hey, I, there's a, a opening, a job opening. This was probably December before I was going to graduate in June that the next year. What, what year are we talking here? Uh, the end of 1991, because I was graduating in the summer of 1992. Wow. And uh, my friend said, hey, there's a job over here at Crosscheck, which is a payment guarantee um, company in Roanoke Park at the time. And uh, you can go there for six months or so. And, you know, it's flexible hours. You can finish off and then go take the CPA exam. I was like, oh, okay, great. So I, I leave my internship, finish that, go, I go to crosscheck and I start working there and it was, you know, it was good, it was good money for those six months. Yeah. And, and once I graduated, I was like, oh, well, I'll stay here another year uh, because I'll pay off my student loans and, uh, you know, that type of thing. I'll take the CPA exam in a year from now. And then, then you became a supervisor, then you become a manager, then you start moving up in the company. And this was a company of about 30 employees when I started, and we grew all the way up to about 400 yes. um, at the height of it. And, you know, I went up through the ranks and all that. I was fortunate to be promoted and all that. So I just made a career there. And like you're referring to, I was able to use my accounting background and everything. I've been, I've been in charge of a lot of areas in the company um, from just sales and marketing and stuff like that um, to collections um, offices. On top of that, now I'm in, in the finance side and uh, underwriting and risk and that type of thing. So, so you've been working in the same company for 20, 23 years. So years. December 11th will be my 23rd year. So I tell people all the time, I'm so fortunate. I know people in my uh, age bracket. I see and read stories that they've changed jobs seven times by the time they get to my age. And, you know, you try different things. I was so fortunate when I was 21 uh, to get in this this company that I was grew up with the company. And I've been putting in my 401k for the last 20 years and everything. So I was very fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. And I I don't have to commute like, you know, some poor souls have to go an hour to San Francisco, an hour and a half back. 
through the Nevada Narrows. So as somebody that's an elected official, you hear about that all the time, the yeah. Nevada Narrows, and you're trying to affect <laughs> that change. Um, but I don't have to do that. So it kind of gets back to you know your earlier question at the very beginning about the time commitment that you put in. Yeah. And they are an hour in traffic, yes. an hour and a half back. I don't have that. So if I can leverage that time and give back to the city, yeah, that works. Uh, the two, it works out for me and I, yeah. I enjoy it. And you work as an executive at this company? Yes. And you're on the city council. You sit on committees and on top of it all, you're running for the mayor of Petaluma. Yes. A day in the life of Mike Harris. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, because that, that's, that's, that's an incredible oh. amount of commitment. Is there personal time? We want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, ask me on November 5th because it's, okay. it's tough because a lot of my yeah. time, you know, we go until midnight every night, especially yes. with the campaign stuff with a lot of things going on. But I'm very fortunate to have a lot of volunteers. You can and all take that. that late into your 50s, I've found. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's busy and it's back to maybe it's just my uh, my uh, major was in, in college. It's just uh, accounting and being organized. And I like to think that I'm a very organized person. So it's like, okay, well, what can I do this week? And you kind of map it out for the week. And you know, I have to do X for work. You have to do you have the city council. I know exactly when our city council meetings are, of course, because it's planned for the year. Yeah. You know, when your committee assignments are because they're planned for the year. So you kind of work around it. You know, I'm I know when I'm you know, scrambling to get something to eat or something like that. And um, yeah. and uh, so it's it's a lot of organization. Your days are packed, though. They're definitely very packed. They're, I mean, when I leave here, we have a meeting that we're discussing oh. some stuff. So it's continuous. So when you say we, you're talking about your campaign team. Yes. That, it's very interesting. And that was something that, you know, like I said, the interview with you and the interview with, with David Glass are two different things. He has the position. You are a man who is trying to build a machine to get the position. Correct. But when you say we, like, what does the team look like? Um, well, just volunteers is what I'm referring to. Yeah. And we just kind of talk about, well, hey, what are we going to do for the next week? And where do we want to walk precincts? Because every weekend we're going door to door and meeting as many people as possible. Um, and I have people that are going out there. And then I have ever the volunteers are doing other stuff. Don't want to give too much strategy here. But, uh, no, but, but I mean, <laughs> how, how big is the team? Um, well, I'd say the inner core is a good five or so. But then our volunteers, we have a good core of about 30, 35. And then we have upwards of 100 of people that just want to do phone calls from home, that type of stuff. Um, that you're not going to get them to come go door to door. They don't want to do that type of stuff, but they wanted to stuff envelopes at home yeah. or do other stuff. And meeting and working with people like that is, is I think, one of the high points of being in city council and being in city life. Mm-hmm. It's work, but there is some reward there. You get to meet so many people and hear their stories, and uh, it's just rewarding. Yeah. And uh, you just get to see people in their you know, their essence, and you just learn about a lot about the community. Because I have a lot of friends that you know they, they do well in life, but they drive to work, and they they eat lunch at the same place. They hang out with the same people, and they have this little circle. They never see the rest of the community. Me as a council member, I'm fortunate that I get to see you know the whole community. I get to go to different ball games or get invited to different stuff, or I get to uh, pass out a proclamation for an astronaut a few months ago. It's like that's something I would have done anyway, but I had the honor of actually giving it to an astronaut. I remember I grew up during that age with the space shuttles and everything, and you know that's always one of the things that always interests me growing up was anything to do with space. So I got to give this proclamation to this astronaut. How long have you known? Knowing that you wanted to do something political in your life? Um, I just kind of lucked into it, I think. Uh, once I moved to, to Petaluma, um, I started watching city council meetings on, on TV. And, wow. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the you grainy watch, so, TV. So when you do watch TV, you're watching C-SPAN and Petaluma City Council meetings? <laughs> Not C-SPAN as much anymore. Okay. I don't have time to do that. Yeah. Um, and I actually don't watch the council meetings just because you live them. But yeah, back then, I would watch them and just intrigued wow. what's going on in your community. Yeah. 
and uh, you learn a lot, and then you say, I want to get involved. How do you get involved? Oh, I can get involved with the committee. And, you know, this is a lot different than, the, you know, pre-social media days. You actually had to grab a paper and read, and like, oh, yeah. they this committee, you know, meets at this time. This is how I get involved. And one of the first committees that I actually applied for was the airport commission. I, I mentioned earlier, I actually didn't get the position. It was four to three. Um, I didn't get it, but then I that was my first commission I was on when I was on the city council. When you decided to go for mayor, did you have anybody... That's, uh, I don't know if you should do it. It's a little divisive. It's going to be maybe sometimes a, a job where people are going to maybe change their opinion of you. Did you have anybody kind of giving you words of caution? No words of caution. It was all encouragement. I was very excited. I mean, I was thinking about it in 2010 to run. I ended up not, and I just ran for re-election. Um, but then my company relocated to Petaluma. Um, not that you need to do that, but it was just logistically easier than at that point having the company in town. So I felt good that, oh, at this point I can offer myself and run for mayor. Okay, so, and then at your company. Could you tell us a little bit about your company? Yeah, it's, it's CrossCheck. It's a payment guarantee gateway. So at first, we were very check-centric in the early 80s and mid-80s to the 90s even, and we get, would guarantee transactions at the point of sale. So the best way to describe it, probably under 10 seconds, is, you know that little machine at Safeway at the grocery store where your uh, credit card or, or actually your check will go through? We're the technology on the other side that's approving or declining the transaction. Wow. And we charge less than Visa, Visa MasterCard, so we're kind of, you know, a differentiator in the marketplace. And uh, we focus on auto aftermarket, building supply, and that type of, that sweet spot. And our, we have some competitors that are a lot bigger than us, but we're the third largest in the United States. So Petaluma, you're familiar with the town and the, the legacy and all the different sort of, uh, I guess, the icons in mm-hmm. town. Are there any local icons, characters, or stories that come to mind when you think, okay, that's a classic Petaluman? Well, I know that everyone refers to Helen Putnam, which, yeah. uh, you know, I, I never had the opportunity yeah. to actually meet her, but hearing the stories and how, you know, her case went all the way to the Supreme Court about growth management, and uh, that kind of gave rise to what we were trying to accomplish in Petaluma, having managed growth, and that's why... Can we, can we tell people about that? I think there might be some people out there who don't know that story. Um, um, uh, boy, was that, are we talking sixties, late seventies, probably mid seventies, early yeah. uh, mid seventies where they wanted to put a, a growth uh, cap in there. I think it was 500, Five, home, 500 homes, homes yes. per year. And, uh, that's, you know, we don't <laughs> well, even I'll tell you. So some of my friends and I, in those days, were still uh, angry youth. And we were almost at the point where we were going to go and count those homes. <laughs> Petaluma had grown so much around us as kids that we were, I really appreciated the idea of a, of a building cap at right. that point. When I was ooh, maybe seven or eight years old, my godfather was in town who was a builder in Redwood City. And we were driving out Washington Street by the airport. And he motioned over to the right as we were heading out of town. He said, there's going to be 10,000 houses there in the next 20 years. Well, I couldn't even imagine what 10,000 was, but by the time I got to high school, it was obvious, yeah, he was he was correct. And then so she was fighting for the cap? or She was fighting for the cap. For the cap. For the cap. And, uh, and by that point, a lot of my friends and I were, that grew up here were in favor of that idea. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a beautiful idea. But at one point, I remember one night, we were all thinking, oh, we're going to start counting these houses. <laughs> this has got to be more than 500. But that legacy has served as well, and I think that kind of permeates through the city, and, yeah. and that's why we have an urban growth boundary around the city that protects us from sprawl, and we have a general plan that will dictate our growth through 2025, so it's managed growth. And I think that started that kind of thought process started from those years. I mean, and that's a good public and a big example of what the, where the job can lead you. And then, you know, I'm with Mayor Putnam. Uh, because of who she was and how she carried herself, we made even grander national news over mm-hmm. that issue. Yeah. Because Helen was, uh, was a woman to be seen and experienced and uh, admired. Regardless of what happens in November, would you be open to higher offices than mayor? 
You know, a lot of people ask me that. I, I just like local politics. Um, we already talked about it. I've been in my job for 23 years. I like my job, too. Um, I think this is where you can affect changes on the, the local level and just get stuff done. And, you know, if I hopefully if I do a good job, you can continue and want to continue to affect change. So I, I really like the local politics. That doesn't really excite me to go up in those upper echelons because once you do that, you're one of 80 in assembly, one of 435 in, in Congress. Uh, but here, you know, you can have the theater district uh, open. Then you can drive down 10 years later and say, look what we did. Or once you have an off-ramp or an infrastructure project done. Or like I said earlier, when you get to see the people downtown or you, or you get, they get the Little League field built. And the next year, they actually go to the Little League World Series. And you're just part of that. I enjoy the local the local politics. Oh, yeah. And that's just a great part of it. Such a great way to make a, make a difference in the world and be a part of that difference mm-hmm. and live in that difference yeah absolutely when you look at your life what are accomplishments you've been happy with you look back and be like okay wow that was it was a good thing i was a part of and it mm-hmm. can be in business can be in politics it can be outside of those fields yeah all those i mean just leaving a small town and going to college and um, just jumping with two feet by myself out into the world and uh, succeeding and uh Finishing my degree in four years and, you know, some of your peers didn't and then getting into business and sticking with it and being there for 23 years. I'm very proud of being there for 23 years, 23 years and having that stick to to kind of go through the company's ebbs and flows. Um, you know, I'm proud to and honored to be elected to the city council and I was honored to be reelected a couple times and serve for 12 years. And then when you really step back and reflect on it, it's like, wow, you know, 59,000 people, the segment that voted for you, they, they've entrusted you in this. So you have to make your, um, you know, good decisions and, and it's the weight of it that's on it. You have to, you, sometimes you do sit there and reflect. It's like, okay, they're expecting me to really dive in and I'm their advocate. So I need to make sure I, I know everything about this. So, you know, I'm honored to be on the city council and those are some of the big things that I really reflect on. I think it's funny and people who grow up in this town call it a small town. Yeah. You know, and they can't wait to get out of it. And uh, I, I understand uh, as they're growing up. As they're growing up, but it's not a small town. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think it's just because we live in California. There's such huge cities. Yeah. You know, S- Santa Rosa is what 160 thousand now. It's interesting yeah. that you bring that up. I was just reading some information about the the state of New Hampshire, and I, I made I actually was had this thought. I was like. Petaluma would be the third largest city in New Hampshire. In New Hampshire. Um, and I was just reading about, you know, the wow. vacation spots and all that. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Merrimack and all these different yeah. cities. But yes, Petaluma isn't that big in general. But but uh, to me, I came from Placerville coming here. Yeah. And uh, it's small in general. But yeah, if you look at the Midwest and all that, we're bigger than those cities. But we still have small town issues. We do. We are 60,000 people. My, my memories uh, started kicking in, I think, at about 10,000 in 1960. And it absolutely has grown. But I'm, st- I'm still on the same corner I was in, really, in high school and junior high. So it, <laughs> I cannot notice how much it's grown sometimes. And that reminds me how small a town it can be. Yeah. Uh, even, again, uh, we work with so many kids from the east side. And, and so many of my friends uh, grew up on the east side and lived there that uh, were involved but it still feels small. It mm-hmm. still feels tight. And I think as you're a kid, you, it just it starts to close in after a while. I absolutely thought I was going to leave town and not be back. I, but I went looking for Mayberry. <laughs> I was looking for the perfect small town. Yeah. And yeah. I came back to Petaluma and found it. We talk about going to Sonoma State at the last minute. That's a big defining moment. Uh, getting the job that you have, that mm-hmm. was a defining moment. 
I mean, meeting your father, mm-hmm. that's a defining moment. Yeah. Does anything else stand out to you as big moments in your life? Maybe just picking Petaluma and coming, because after I graduated from college, I was in Runner Park for a year or two, and uh, you know, I was looking to buy my first house, and I knew that Kaufman Road had the homes on the, the uh, what, northeast corner of, of Petaluma, and uh, I got the first keys to my house on September 15th, oh. 1994, um, up there, and uh and that's, I, that's a huge moment. Yeah, so that was that was a huge moment being a homeowner at a relatively young age, probably because I got that job at a relatively young age yeah. and stuck with it and had three years uh, worth of W-2s behind me, and I made the leap to buy my first house then. So that was yeah. definitely a defining moment that brought me to Petaluma and kept me here, yeah. um, and I'm here to stay. And then I've, I've since moved over to the west side. So yeah. I've been in Petaluma 20 years, 10 on the, on the uh, east side and 10 on the west side. Well, what about learning moments? Because certainly not everything you've embarked upon has worked out the way you wanted it to. Of course not. Not everything goes uh, perfectly. Um, you know, the things you learn are like you just don't take on more than you can bite off, I guess. And I've learned that. You you were saying earlier about um, how a day in the life of Mike Harris and, and how much time certain things take. But I've realized over time, it's like there are certain times where you just have to say no. And, uh, you know, the, over the years, there may have been things that you didn't do to the best of your ability. Now I know, okay, everything I want to do, I'll be very efficient and get it done and be known for that. So I, I have to learn to say no so I don't have those missteps. And I think that's a key, a key learning and leadership quality to be able to tell people uh, no at the appropriate time. So a lot of what has gotten you into all of this stuff is helping people, like you say. You know, you, you like the feeling of the, of the sort of the unseen acts that help people's day-to-day mm-hmm. life. Are there charities or causes that you like a lot that you feel particularly strongly about? Sure. I mean, COTS is a big one. Yeah, COTS um, I go to really their special. their breakfast every year and give money. And I know that once I, and I've talked to the records uh, before we retired, that I would love to get involved with the Rent Right program um, after, probably after council and, and when I retire from politics just to kind of get people what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, COTS is Committee on the Shelter List. It's yes, a Petaluma-based yes. nonprofit. And what is the Rent Right uh, program? Uh, that's kind of the transitional, um, yes. you know, once you get somebody off the street and they get into the program, then you're teaching them life skills and, you know, how to do a budget and why, that type of thing. And and since I was numbers-oriented and focused, I, John picked up on that and said, you should do that one day. I said, I would be honored to do that. Once the city council thing kind of goes away here in the future, I'd love to do something like that. You know, the Rent Right uh, part of COTS is, is I think one of the most incredible uh, aspects of it. They, it really is. They, they move people from the homelessness and they absolutely help them into their homes and help them into, uh, help them into exactly the day-to-day living, the day-to-day mm-hmm. expenses and, and keeping their books and uh, yeah. keeping them in their homes. It's, have you known people who've gone through that program, actually, Tom? We, yes, uh, I have. And COTS is right there the whole way mm-hmm. and doing a phenomenal job with it. They, it's, we are truly blessed in this community to have those people. Yeah, that's, I mean, we have a process that should be replicated throughout the United States. Absolutely. And I, I know a lot of people look up to our community and records and his group that yeah. was there uh, to replicate it. And and it's amazing. So that's one of the you know the big ones. Of course, I go to the mentor me um, events as much as possible. Um, that's amazing yeah. as well. So you know, a quick plug for them. So if there's yeah, any uh, mentors for the mentees, or they're always needing yeah. more mentors. Um, so it's an amazing program. So that's it. we're just blessed in the community with so many people that are involved, the nonprofits that are just the glue that keeps our community yeah. together. Uh, I know I'm sure that happens in every community, but I think that just Petaluma is so special. Kind of like earlier when I was saying, there's 700 people that show up at a breakfast for you know a homeless yeah. shelter, and that shows you the the drive that everybody has. When you and I have talked over email, I said, well, what, what you know, what what gets you going? <laughs> what do you like? And you said helping people. Yeah. Well, what else do you like? So I mean, I like basketball. I mean, if we get into some personal stuff, I used are you to, still playing? 
I know. I mean, I I walk in the gym. I'm open. I won't, I won't okay. miss a shot. But I'm a little slower than I used to be. No, I, I used to love basketball. I don't play as much as I used to now. But there used to be a neighborhood group down when I was living on the east side over there. Uh, they used to play every Tuesday and Saturday morning, yeah. and we'd have a, a key to the gym and we'd go. Yes. And I remember for two years they they you know we'd only know each other by first name. And all of a sudden one day one of the guys said, "Are you on the city council?" I go, "Oh yeah, yeah." He goes, "Why haven't you told us? We've been playing basketball with you for two years because we only know each other by first." name and once you're done with the two hours like okay because i'm only here to shoot hoops yeah exactly and it was kind of funny and like and then the next election I, every one of them had like my bumper sticker on their car but i just never said anything I'm like hi i'm mike harris you know city yeah. councilman it was just like hey i'm just here playing basketball and right. all right see you later so basketball something basketball like, yeah. yeah and i actually love watching football now um it's just one of those things i don't watch it as much now um because i'm going door to door almost every day uh, little quirky things you learn. It's like when the Niners are playing on one o'clock on a Sunday, and you hear it in the background, "Don't knock on don't that knock. door." Yeah. <laughs> don't knock. You're gonna, get, you're gonna get a negative reaction. Yeah. So I always look at their bumper stickers. They have a Niners sticker yeah. on, and because the game's on, there's no upside here. <laughs> we'll see them on Tuesday. <laughs> I'll just leave it on the doorstep. <laughs> That's an, and then how old are you? The forty-three. Forty forty-four on November fourth. Which is election day. Election day. My parents planned that 44 years ago. That one in 2014, he's gonna be running for mayor. You're running for mayor. No, it's, it's, it's one of the most amazing things. And my birthday is on election day. So yeah. I'm sure that four or five days before election day, I'll put on Facebook, please vote for me on my birthday. So <laughs> there's my plug. <laughs> but yes, my birthday is on November 4th. Okay. So like I said, this is our our second of two of these with you know the two candidates for mayor. What's going to happen between now? And election day. Well, there's the first candidates forum where yeah. all of the candidates are going to be there. So all five for council, two for mayor. So we'll have the candidates forum at City Hall, and the um, AAUW is uh, the sponsor for that one. And then on October 8th, then the following Wednesday, it's going to be at the Sheraton, and the sponsors of that one will be the Argus Courier, along with the Chamber of Commerce, and there's going to be all seven of us again there. And then at the end, they're going to excuse all of the council member or council candidates and all have myself and, and my opponent up there and they're going to ask us questions. So there's two opportunities to see us. And if you can't make it, and I hope everyone does make it to, to see the candidates, uh, they're online and you can watch yeah. them on PCA and they'll be taped so you'll get to see it. They'll be on Facebook and social media yeah. so there'll be a lot of opportunities. But I hope people take the time Show to up go. live. Yeah, Show absolutely. up live. Now, what, yeah. does a, what does a local mayoral debate look like? Does it get snide? Does it get sort of antagonistic? Or is everyone pretty respectful? Oh, everyone's pretty respectful. Yeah. I mean, I, I tell people all the time, listen, my, my opponent, he gets up every day, wants to do his best for Petaluma. I get up every morning, wants to do his best for Petaluma. We're just going to go about it different ways. We're going to have that discussion at the debates. And it's what democracy is all about. And whoever wins, we shake each other's hands and, and we move forward because we all want to do its best for Petaluma at the end of the day. It's not like the headlines you see in, in Congress and in the Assembly. This is local politics. At the end of the day, win or lose, you're still going to have to be, go to the same grocery store and see everybody downtown um, win or lose. And uh, you want to run a good campaign campaign about the issues and uh, because you want to affect change at the end of the day. If you, when you become mayor, if you don't, are you still on the city council? No. Okay. I'm either mayor or nothing. So I'm either uh, going to be mayor or maybe calling uh, COTS to get involved in that rent ride program. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously right now you don't have a lot of spare time. 
Are you someone who enjoys leisure or do you get antsy? I get antsy. You get antsy. <laughs> I definitely do. Because yeah. there's always something. My mind's reeling. I'm always making lists of things I need to do because that's just how I how I function. Like earlier, you know, you know, accounting kind of backgrounds. So you always want to map things out. So I'm always constantly making lists. I need to do this, 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 this. Do you start the day with a list or do you end the day I usually, forming a list for the next I day? I usually end it because you mark off the things you completed and get ready for the next day and roll things over, of course, to the next day that you didn't accomplish. Then I keep a list by my bed too because my mind's always going to bed. So I just write it down and say, forget about it because I'm writing it down. A pencil and a piece of paper by the bed. Absolutely. I probably send myself like 30 emails a day. I don't think you ever go to sleep. Yeah, Yeah, you send me emails. That's funny. I do the same thing because I'll email myself to remind myself. And then you clear out the email box at the end of the day and then you either you file it in a list Uh or you say, okay, I got it done. That's my my system. you what? can send yourself an email? Yeah. I, I constantly, all day long. I because do. then I know <laughs> if it's unread, I know it hasn't mm-hmm. been done. I didn't even know that Not was to give away the trade secrets <laughs> to everybody no, out no, there. No, but, I do uh, the same thing. Because yeah. when I'm in a meeting with uh, citizens or whomever, I have my phone with me and I say, this is how I take notes. I'm not really taking, I have the notes right here. But I mean, in general, yeah. I said, I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm, I'm taking notes right now because I'm going to move forward as quick as possible. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's the technology which has destroyed my mind or maybe my mind just wasn't built that way to begin with. But when I have a fleeting thought like, okay, I need to get this done or, oh, this this would be a really great way to approach this thing. Mm-hmm. I got to document it because if I don't, it's gone. Right. Wow. I, I think it's better that way because then you're not constantly thinking. It's like you're trying to remember four things. Like, okay, I need to do this, this, and this. All right, I'm just going to write it down so I can forget about it. Wow. So as we kind of coast towards the end here, I would say, you know, regardless of what happens in November, what do you hope for the legacy of Mike Harris to be? Um, the big thing is just what we've done in our downtown core. It's so exciting to be a part of that. And uh, yes, I was just a vote. I didn't turn dirt, but you know there was a lot of meetings that you would go through and everything. And it's, and it's great to have to. That's the starting point of the revitalization of our downtown. When people think of Petaluma, they think of our downtown, and we have so many other opportunities that can kind of spawn off that from our our station area plan all the way up through the fairgrounds as well. If you get that far, and you know along that piece, so that's a great starting point. And uh, the legacy wise, I'd love to be known as a person that was a, a part of that. There was a lot of people who were involved, previous council members other people, staff, etc. But just being a part of that, um, that was an amazing effort. And I think we did great things down there bringing the theater back to town. But you look at that uh, downtown achievement as a realization of what you can accomplish. Absolutely. I mean, when you when you have that many people come together and have the vision, and everyone came together, again, to that central pedal specific plan to gave the plan to give rise to the theater district, and uh, that was a key component to make that happen. And then once it was passed, and then, then of course, 10 years later, as you reflect on that and see how many people have gone there and people talking about it as part of the destination place, and when others out of the area talk about Petaluma, one of the first things they always say, oh, the beautiful downtown, right? So it's great that that's matured that much, that it became part of what is known for Petaluma. We see it every day because we drive it and we reflect on it. We go to the theater and we love it, but it's when the others from the outside uh, reflect on that. And that's what you want to do in the downtown core even more. We have the the river there, which is an amazing asset that there's so much more we can do there. Um, Shoot, last year the council passed the program of uh, the waterways program with 35 different infrastructure projects along the river and however that comes to fruition, no politics, but just however that comes to 
fruition. You know, there's amazing utilization. Yeah, it'll be a great legacy, I think, uh, when it's all uh, said yeah. and done. And, and, you know, some are going to be uh, cheap things where it's like $10,000 bench where, you know, some of the, the rotaries can get together. But some are big infrastructure projects that is going to take a lot of money uh, and a lot of know-how and, yeah. a, and, a, and a lot of people involved. And, you know, there's talk about having a, a float house in the turning basin, then a boat house further down. So there's going to be some activity along the river. And the, if the stationary plan comes to fruition, we can reorient a lot of the businesses towards the river, having yes. walking promenades. Yes. And so, you know, as you work towards something, that's the current thing I'd love to be known for. But that's something I'd want to work towards of just reflecting and reusing the river and getting back to our roots and our heritage of being a river town. Yeah. And Tom Gaffey. As we conclude the second of our two episodes with the mayoral candidates, do you have any thoughts for the people out there? Um, You know, it's the same thing again. This is uh, these local elections. I've I've kind of grown disenchanted with national politics lately. I'm not sure if my voice is being heard, and I am on the email quite a bit to uh, my representatives, Uh, and it's just not going the way I've expected at all. But local, locally, uh, don't give up on your local politics because this is the grassroots where this is where you walk every day. It's where you drive every day. It's where you work. It's where your kids are going to grow up. Pay attention to these politics. Pay attention to these elected elections and take part, uh, especially if you're listening and you live in Petaluma. I think we live in, in the best town in the country. I really do. I, it feels as though we are in uh, the center of Rome at mm-hmm. the height of its history. And Petaluma is such a blessing to be a part of. This is the, these are the elections to pay attention to. Pay attention to your local politics because it's going to affect you every day. What happens there? I agree. You know, and, and Michael, thank you for coming and doing this with no, us. Thank you for the invite. You know, and, and also, um, I hope I told Dave, thank you for serving uh, because it is not an easy job. Uh, you guys put a heck of a lot of time in, and you have to expand your knowledge so much to be able to do this. I think you find yourself working with uh, projects you had no idea anything about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and you have to bring yourself up to speed on it. You've got to do the research. You've got to be able to make a wise uh, a wise decision. And, uh, yeah, thank you for that. It's a lot of work. Thank you. And that's what makes it rewarding. Yeah. Thank you. You summed it up. <laughs> vote, vote, vote. Yes. Pay attention please, and vote. Please, yes. Well, we thank you for joining us tonight. Thank you very much for having me. And we say, um, here we go. Petaluma Mayor, November <laughs> 4th, my birthday. November 4th. It's a choice between David Glass and Mike Harris. There you have it. Thank you. (laughs) Anyway, thank you for coming. Thank you very much.